You know, it's fun when Sean's not here. <laughs> I don't have to do anything else. I just, I just, you know, switch the scene and, and we're live. Uh, welcome to Weekly Games Chat. I'm your host, Chris. Haven't said that in a long time. Uh, as always, joined by my co-host, John. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? You know, usually the one, I'm, I'm pretty good. Usually the one, I'm the one, uh, I'm usually the one ducking out on you guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, you are a ducker. Did did we did we tell the audience where Sean was, or are we just going to leave that to the imagination? Sean is uh, let's just say that he's learning to fly with me, in Pandaria, or Pandora, wherever it was. It called I don't even remember. I said Pandaria. That's that's wow. I think I think it's just Pan- <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it's Pandora. I think the only time I ever saw the Avatar movie mm-hmm. was in the theater. I don't think I've seen it since. Have you? I've watched it a couple of times. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude that played Ike in Tombstone, that's the main villain, is really good in that movie. He's like the best part of that movie, if you ask me. You shouldn't have asked me the question because I was actually thinking of that actor the other day. Were you? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, he doesn't do a lot of stuff. It's 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 no. strange. He's um, the only things I can name on, I can only name on one hand all the movies he's been in. He was in a horror movie horror. recently, a few years ago, where it took place in Detroit. Yeah. And he was a blind guy. And they and, and these kids tried to break into his house. Oh, and, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this. I remember There's this from a couple right of years here. ago. We have it. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't remember. But he, then he was in, uh, then he was in a um, Civil War movie, a long time ago. He was anyway, in Gaysburg, right? No, it was the sequel, um, the not so well received sequel to mm-hmm. that movie. Had Duvall in it. Um, Civil War. I think, <laughs> well, the, <laughs> geez, we're already in the old man chat. Yeah, right. That was the goal. Yeah, let's get away from that. Um, but uh yeah uh sean is in the uh what is it the the, the greatest most, the most, most magical place what is the call the most magical place on earth i believe that is I their tagline i can just picture him now you know, just walking around you know hugging peter pan shaking hands with captain hook running into all these people but he's getting sad at the end of the day oh uh because he hasn't seen prison mike over on seen. uh twitch says is the movie don't breathe that's the one. That's the there one. You go. Don't breathe. There Great it is. movie. Mm-hmm. Really intense. He's fantastic in that movie. But um but he's walking around. He, he's he hasn't found that particular one. And then all of a sudden they're walking out of the park. Mm-hmm. And there's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and, and Sean says, I've been waiting my whole life to meet you. <laughs> and he goes, Who are you? <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, yeah, did you have a good week? Yeah, pretty good week. Um, been uh, ever since I ever ever since I mentioned Dying Light on the show last week. Week I've been uh, tinkering with that. Um, I've we're actually me and me and the misses are kind of going through all the Conjuring universe movies. Oh, because that um, new one's on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, ah, I yeah. got you. Yeah, so I'd never I'd never seen any of the Annabelles. They're okay. Yeah. But uh, I haven't. <laughs> but you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> that's not something that's gonna float my boat for horror. I'm very selective in horror. It's gotta 
It's got to creep me out in a certain way. Midsummer that creeps me out. That really creeps me out. <laughs> um, oh, the creepiest part is the is the couple on the cliff. Yes, the old couple. Because it it builds so perfectly for an hour to that moment. Oh, yeah. You know everything. You're mm -hmm. like, okay, these people are a little, you know, quirky, but this is interesting. And you're like, what? Wait, where are they? He's just going to speak to the heavens or something. Oh God, <laughs> that happened. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the? Did you hear the crunch? Oh God. Yeah. Oh. Oh, he's oh, not no. dead. <laughs> oh, is he just walking over there with a? He is. Okay, this is happening. I mean, that's that's bad. The dude at the very end in the bear outfit. That's oh God, that's horrifying. <laughs> I don't remember about, that. Yeah the the boyfriend. I don't oh, right. oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want right. to spoil that's it, right. but uh, yeah, just yeah, that's a very cerebral type of horror movie. Mm. But um, as far as I mean, you know, speaking of speaking of horror movies, don't breathe, mm -hmm. uh, Chris. I would definitely recommend that to you. It's one that's piqued uh, my interest. Stephen Lang. Ah, thank you, Stephen Lang. Wannabe gamer yeah, says Stephen Lang, and he got a PS5. So, grats to you wannabe gamer for giving us clarity as we grow older i'll be growing older literally tomorrow uh so that's my life yay another <laughs> trip yay more gray yay for all the people at home you can see it so what have you been watching you seem sounds like you were obsessed over something over the weekend yeah man i i heard like over the weekend on Sunday that Bo Burham had released something on Netflix. I wasn't sure what it was. I was like, there's no way Bo Burham's done a standup, right? You know, like during this about the only standup I've heard of really consistently is whatever Chappelle's doing at his mm -hmm. farm. And I know that they're, they're filming all that, but obviously if they're going to put anything out, it's going to be under that label. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah. he put out a, I, I want to call it standup. It, it's more of like a, one man show or, you know, performance art thing, right. Where he filmed a special in his guest house during the whole entire pandemic. That is what he's been doing for the past year. Like, and when I say he did it, he did everything. He filmed it. He wrote it. He produced it, edited it, you know, did all the music and songs that he's of course always been known for. Mm -hmm. And like, I've, I've seen his other film. He did a film a couple of years ago called eighth grade that he directed and wrote, um, which was really good, like really good indie type film where I was like, Oh, Bo, Bo can apparently do more and just do stand up. Um, but this like confirms it because the lighting and just stupid tricks he does with it. I'm like, I want to punch this guy. It's so good, but it's, uh, it's don't do that. It's it, it grabbed me because it's a on one thing it's mainly about the internet, right? Um, which he's kind of uniquely qualified, I would say, to talk about seeing as that's where he started way, way back in the day. But it's also kind of about his issues with depression and anxiety and all that. But just like John, you you'll appreciate this. Like there's a song about Instagram on there, right? And the whole entire time he's showing these kind of shots that you would see on Instagram and it's like filmed in the aspect ratio that everything is presented on, you know, Instagram. So most of the screen is just black except for what he's recreating. And all of a sudden he gets this one part of the song where he talks about one person's posting and it being someone genuine. And as he does this, all of a sudden the screen starts to expand out like, cause he's talking about something that's very real as 
opposed to maybe something that's produced. Uh, I put the that song up on our uh, page under the TV section if you want to see it. I don't want to spoil what he's actually fully singing about because I think it's a funny hook. It's a very funny hook. Okay. Uh, right. But, you know, like he has that. He has another song just, again, like lighting and stuff like that where he's consistently shifting where lights are in the room and, mm-hmm. and like what directions on. And he's also got a little side led light that he'll pop out on a snare hit. And then like in the chorus, he'll revolve it around him. But the clever thing is he gets to the bridge and he's got lights, like one light to the left, one to the right, one in the middle. And he's alternating between them as he's singing this hook of the bridge. And finally he turns all three on and kind of creates a harmony going and mm-hmm. starts dancing and he's got it perfectly positioned where the shadows from the three lights are casting three shadows of him on the wall behind him. And it looks like something like, like the Supremes dancing behind him, like supporting singers. It's like little things like that, where I'm just like, this dude is just a really good director. <laughs> and it, it ticks me off how good he is. Um, you is know, this just one single comedy special or is it some sort of episodic thing? No, it's just one like hour and a half thing. Um, I don't know if you would love everything that he talks about. I'm, I'm just going to be upfront with that, you know, um, just knowing. Why, whatever do you mean? <laughs> he lives on that coast, John. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you might like some of the other things he, he talks about. You might appreciate the filmmaking aspect where you're like, OK, I could see he cares about what he's doing. But, yeah, that's what's been on my mind. And. Uh, uh, well, Chris, last week. Chris, if I if, if I. <laughs> If I was that hardcore about people's opinions who disagree with me, I'd be true. sitting in a padded room not watching anything. That is I mean, true. <laughs> Where have you been the last week, John? In, a padded in the padded room. room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told, just told you. Just told you. <laughs> Dreadnought wants to know if we've heard of a game called Biomutant. Possible review. I've been enjoying it. I get the feels of KOTOR, Fallout, meets Conquer's <clears throat> Bad Fur Day. Um, we have heard of a game called Biomutant. I think we've looked at it and uh, we're all looking at John to see if he wants to pull that lever. I, I looked at it a little bit online. Now I gotta be honest, right? Not I, <clears throat> I, I was like, there's promise here, but it feels a little bit choppy to me from what I saw. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to pull the trigger after I play a game coming out this Friday. That might be the case. I got to check the schedule to see if, if I've got time to do it because you know, it's, what is it? It's probably like a 30 or 40 hour game, an open world game, but I'm sure, it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in it from a conceptual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, I really like the aesthetic of it. Yes. So, I mean, the there's part. a, there's a couple of folks that I follow on, on, on Twitter that, that have, you know, full, you know, full acknowledgement of the criticism of it, but they, they said, look, it's worth, it's worth, it's worth a try and they're enjoying it. So I think sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're opinions I typically trust. So I'm at this point, I think I'm just going to pull the trigger after I, after we wrap a, another game that will go unmentioned. Mm. What could it be? Who knows? <laughs> Gee, what else is coming out Friday? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Now, yeah, I've looked at it, and like I said, I watch streamers, right? Uh-oh, did I lose John? Did I lose? Oh, no. That would be bad if I lost John. Ah, uh, technical difficulties. Here we come. 
Oh, no, there's John. Okay, you froze for a second on my screen. I was like, no. Okay, you're there. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I've lo- I've watched some Twitch streams of it. And it was like, people are like, I really like the way this looks. But they were to the point in the game where they were like, certain things were beginning to nag them. Right? Like, that was clear. Okay, oh, I'm back. Okay, okay I can hear you. Yeah. Um, we are apparently having audio issues tonight, folks. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we're good now, I think. Anyways, uh, so I, I haven't been rushing to get it, but it is a game like I think it's gonna be a game where one, you're gonna let it marinate, let the developer work through whatever tiny issues that they have that might need a patch. We all love a good patch, and then secondary, you know, just wait for our sale. It's it's one of those where say we get to July, mid August, there ain't nothing else out there. It's on sale for 30 bucks. I might go for it then. That might be when I go give it a run. Um, unless John says he likes it, then I know I'm not going to get it. You know, I don't think John heard that because he's uh, doing stuff with his mic. Um, besides that, um, it's it's the lull before the uh, the storm, as we say. Um, why is this popping up on my screen right now? I hate my computer sometimes. But uh, yeah, so it's it's been very quiet in gaming. So I have primarily spent my time playing Rocket League this past week. That is where my focus has been. Uh, and it is pretty clear to anyone watching our stream right now, if you're wondering why John's not chiming in, that he is having some sort of audio issue. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, officially, I'm approaching platinum level. Haven't quite gone there yet, guys, but I feel like I'm playing the best Rocket League I've ever rocketed. Um, maybe it's because I've got cool skins or something. I don't know. I don't know what's doing it, but I find myself scoring more. I find myself not screwing up as much. Uh, and it's been really, really fun to go back here after taking a couple of weeks off. Let's see. Is John is John back yet? Let's see if John... How's that? Can you hear hey. me? Yeah, I can hear you. Could you hear me the whole entire time or not? Yeah, you were coming through my monitor. Gotcha. For some uh, for some reason, my mic's USB was not reading, so I definitely got to get that cord replaced. Ladies and gentlemen, I have this I have this new mic, and it uses a USB to mic uh, cable, and my Roomba sucked it up last week and, mm. and damaged it. So I found one in the drawer. It's not as long, <laughs> <laughs> and um, had it I had it set up in the front. Oh no, we just lost you. We're getting your uh we're getting your audio from your uh what you call it. This is this is gonna be a great episode of Weekly Game Chat, folks. We're gonna really, really push things to a new level. <laughs> Let's see if this does it now. But yes, uh apparently How's that? Yeah, now you're back. I'm not sure yeah, what it might continue to happen. Um I don't know if you want me to switch to the XLR or, (laughs) you know, we'll, we'll play it by ear. If we've got to pause this thing, uh, D white dynamite has asked me, uh, how many hours you got logged total on rocket league? I don't know. Honestly, I'm guessing it's gotta be well over a hundred now. I think it's just like, I love that game just because it's, it's the perfect five minute game for me. And it's the perfect, like, pvp game because i don't have to worry about if i'm screwing up if i have a bad match it's not like something like fortnite 
where it just feels like, okay, I just wasted this, you know, and, uh, and now, you know, I'm back in a lobby trying to load again. It's like, no, 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 I can, if it's really, really bad and everyone wants to quit, we can, or I could sit there and take these moments where I get licked to basically just watch why I'm getting beat down. Right. You know, like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? It's a lot easier to digest. That's what I appreciate about that game the most, I think. Did you say you've almost plat? What did you almost platinum? Uh, well, I'm um, so in Rocket League. There's a ranking system, right? Oh, and yeah, okay. I've been gold for a good bit now, and I'm approaching what is platinum. So that's like when you start to. I won't say that's top dog. You know, it's definitely far from the top, but that's like where you start getting. Uh, <laughs> where you're just like watching people fly all the time, and you're like, "Wow, <laughs> wish I could do that." <laughs> I can do it maybe one of nine times. Yay. <laughs> That's where we get to uh, acid sugar. That's his level. That's where he's at. But yeah. yeah. Um, John, you got anything else? I, I don't have anything else. Did I tell you my kid and I were watching Rocky? Well, yeah, you, did, you said that last week, didn't you? Yeah, I could. I tried to. I got him. I got him finished. We finished Rocky three and I tried to get him. I'm trying to get him to continue with four. I think he likes him for the most part, but um, yeah, he's uh, he started playing video games again last week. I'm he just was on a hiatus. I'm just There's imagining like, uh, like you two watching it and your wife sitting over there and just like, just tell him that's great. That's all he wants to know. <laughs> no, she when we start watching, she leaves the room. Oh, okay, because she's like, oh, she's no. already been endured this. Like, how many times? Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's yeah. she's enjoyed it. But I will say she he is, you know, he played Fortnite for the longest time. He still plays Rocket League, but he's moved on to, and I forget the name of it, but it's that Ubisoft um <laughs> it's that Ubisoft uh Battle Royale game. Do you remember that? It came out oh. back in early December of last year. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. So oh. they've been playing he's been playing that and he's absolutely loving it. Um, I'm not sure what it's called. I mean, this is what happens when you have an old man brain. You just can't remember what, what the names are, but, but, uh, so that's, you know, so all I'm saying is, you know, it's back to the, your night is shot because your kid's playing video games again. So, Mm. (laughs) um, well, if that's all you got, we'll just presume that Sean probably went to a doctor or something. That's what he does every week or, you know, Guys. old man haywood yeah old man haywood that's what that's what we call him here uh and we will go ahead and get ready to do the topic okay Again, haven't done this in a while, but it's like riding a bike. Once you've introduced it one time, you've introduced it a million times, I feel like. And that, of course, is topic time. John, we we struggled all week to find one when it was just sitting there, just low-hanging fruit, right? Just, just Yeah, we can there. definitely say it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, But... Hmm, apparently I am dropping frames right now. That is not good. I don't like seeing this. I might have to look at something. Uh, but anyways, uh, anyways, 
Uh, the topic is, John, and let me get my pen so I know what time it's at. E3 Preview! I do it so well. Don't now, I-, I know what you're thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't we already do an E3 Preview? No, John. We did predictions. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> and really, the question when we were floating ideas this week, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, I was like, John, what game are you going to go buy? <laughs> are we going to make John play Knockout City? <laughs> this ought to be fun. Um, but uh, Man, I've, been, I've been looking at Knockout City, to be honest. I have it downloaded, but that's like oh, one of those yeah. topics I feel like if we ever cover on the show, at least two of us got it play it right like so we can kind of bounce off because that's what makes those games fun to talk about it's why we never did like a rocket league or a or Fortnite episode because i don't think we ever really had a period where we were all playing it you know or at least two of us were playing it right um but uh yeah uh more specifically not so much a full e3 preview i posed this question to john throughout the week this week which was um what does E3 success look like for the various players and Sony, even though <laughs> they have announced nothing and I'm not expecting anything, I guess. Um, what does E3 success look like to them? You know, so Nintendo, EA, Ubisoft, Microsoft, like what do they need to accomplish to say they, you know, they hit the mark, right? Like whatever it is. Uh, whether it be for us or for just their best interest, I guess, you know, was it, was it look like to each of us uh, there? So we're going to run through those major ones. I know there's like a bunch of others we could do. Cause you know, we could do like Warner or Capcom or whatever, or square, you know, I know square is doing a press conference, but I just don't think we have a lot to say <laughs> on maybe Warner. We would right? But I haven't even thought about them as much. I'm just like, show us Suicide Squad and Batman. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's really all they got to do, right? Um, but, uh, John, I figured we would just start with uh, the easiest one, or from the top here, uh, which is Ubisoft. They're kicking this thing off Saturday. We may or may not do a live stream for that. I'm not sure. I think we're... I'm definitely open to Sunday doing Microsoft. I'm not sure yet about Saturday. We'll have to play that by ear. I'm not. You're open. You're open to doing Microsoft. I'm shocked. Right. (laughs) Well, it's also because it's on Sunday. What else am I doing Sunday? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you doing Sunday? Right. Um, I'm sure I I have something to do. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, Ubisoft. This is a very interesting one for them. Right. Because. It's like we know they're changing direction. Even the news today, when we read that, shows as far as the rumors out there that they are very much committed to changing direction. So, so John, I ask you, what do you think Ubisoft needs to come out and do this uh, this E three? Well, I think the uh, I think the only thing they really need to do is just come on stage. Mm-hmm announce Mario plus rabbits too. Mm, that'd be nice. And say, th- and say, thank you for joining us today. 
than just things. Um, to me, yeah. <laughs> to me, Ubisoft <laughs> is the biggest. I don't know. I, I guess you know we're kind of framing the 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 discussion around kind of what do they need to do to consider to consider their showing to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one might make the suggestion right off the bat if you want to if you want to get good press um you might want to you might want to have Guillemot come out on stage and address the issues they've been having over the past 18 months as with personnel work environment all yeah, that work environment the allegations of a toxic work environment they've never really they've never really come out and addressed it publicly while on stage doing a live press conference or something like that. And, you know, other companies have done that in the past, so it's not unprecedented. I understand the, the urge to say, we're not here to focus on that. We want to focus on the games because if we come out and do this type of announcement, it'll completely distract, particularly if they botch it in the eyes of the press. Um, But it might be a good idea considering Ubisoft's position. Um, and the fact that they're going down these different avenues that they might want to go ahead and address that in order to at least cater to, yeah, um, you know, to, to give, to give the media this, this bit of, did, did they, they've been asking for it. Did they do that last year? Didn't they? No, they, 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 they made statements hmm. and they've come out with a, with press releases, but they've also, they've, they've always done that separately from their, from their press conferences, which I've, which, which I agreed with initially, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of been a pile on mm. kind of an easy target kind of thing. So I think Ubisoft just needs to cave and do it. Just give them what they want and then move on, you know, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, one minute, one to two minutes. It's not something you, cause you know, people make a interesting um, observation about Todd Howard the following year that 76 came out. He kind of came out and said, well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. There was never really, there was never really an acknowledgement of mistakes. There was never really an acknowledgement of we're going to do better. It was simply an acknowledgement of the elephant of the room in the room. And he kind of got knocked for that. So, you True. know, it, it's sometimes, in, it's, sometimes it's important, but to move on from that, you know, I think that, I think that Ubisoft needs to really sell their new strategy because I don't really know what that looks like yet. Um, obviously their new strategy has to involve the pirates game in some shape or form. So they've got to give, they've got to give people some, some updates on a couple of games that they haven't talked about in a long time beyond good and evil two, um, and pirates. And on top of all that in my, in just, just in my assumption, I don't think, I don't think it's in their MO to talk about assassin's creed yet. Uh, particularly if it's coming out next year. Yeah. But um, maybe DLC, maybe DLC and what their roadmap is, but they've got to talk to us about what they're, they need to communicate what their vision is. They've told us, but they need to show us. That's just, those are my two cents on Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the commenting as far as things I would tell them if they're going to do it, they should go uh, watch. uh, What was it? BlizzCon last mm-hmm. year where it, it really felt like they had that moment in the opening part where I thought they did a good job of branding on that message. Right. Of kind of saying like, Hey, we hear you. 
you know, we're not mm-hmm. taking these things lightly. And it, it just came off as genuine. Um, right. And then Jeff Kaplan left. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but um, sure. yeah, it, it's like success for them is unique this year because I don't think we are going to be, especially us two, probably Sean as well, going to be the guys who are running to go to this games of service market that they're seemingly wrapping their arms around. Right. And I get why I, I don't hate them for it. Um, and obviously I don't think that's going to be stuff that wins me over, but if they can sell that to the people who are interested, then that's a success for them. Right. If you could come and say like, look, division is still worth playing as, you know, games of service, then you've done your job. Um, I think the other side though, they, if they still want people to feel like they're committed, right. Uh, to the single player, which has been their, their base for so long, uh, they have to come out and like, and as you said, I think the biggest one is beyond good and evil too. It's been years since we've heard from that game. Um, and kind of like, uh, skull and bones, it's, it's just kind of been, had that thing where it's pushed away and we're never going to talk about it until either we cancel it or we're just suddenly ready to announce that it's coming out. And a lot of those times when that happens with Ubisoft, honestly, it feels like you don't get a great product. So it always worries me. So I'm ready. I need to see these games uh, this year just to feel (laughs) a little bit of confidence. Like it would be nice if they just opened their show with beyond good and evil too. Uh, showing a live gameplay demo and showing all the work that they've been able to do these last two years. That would be, yeah. that would be good enough for me because I know I'm not going to get <clears throat> the things I really want, obviously based on the news today. Uh, the nope. one thing I've wanted every year <laughs> is apparently dead for good. So I, I can move I, on. From you that. know, I don't know about that. I mean, well, I think the, I think if they're going to do it, they're going to do it this year. I think this year, if you don't see it, mm. it's dead. I think the only way we will ever get another another Splinter Cell game at this point is if Phil Spencer goes to him and says, hey, like after Gear 6 ships, right? Says, hey, you've seen what the Coalition can do, right? Or, Or even, hey, you know we have Arcane now. Why don't you let us make a Splinter Cell game? You know, we'll pay for it. We'll do the funding. You'll get co-branding on it. Right. You know, as far as Ubisoft and Microsoft Studios, kind of like what everyone's talking about with PlayStation and Konami, what they want them to do. I think that's the only way you're going to get that franchise back at this point and make it a make it a Games Pass game. Yeah, of course. Like, so it's a win for for Phil, too. Right. So everyone is happy, (laughs) as they say. Uh, But that's probably the only way that happens at this point. Um, Obviously, I expect to see some more Far Cry 6 based off of what we saw this past week. Yeah, I've seen enough, you know, I, there's nothing else I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to play it. So I, I don't know. I hope they don't, I hope they don't do, do that. Otherwise I feel like they wouldn't have shown it mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I just hope that they're, I just hope that they're giving us a completely new mm-hmm. bunch of announcements. I, um, yeah. Show us what COVID hath wrought, if you will. I guess, yeah, that's the big thing is, is more of like, do they have something that isn't just games as service, but is single player that we just don't know about right now. And mm-hmm. if, they, if they could do that and it looks compelling, whether it is a new ghost recon um, 
or I don't, I can't really think, or just like even going back to like when they were making things like Child of Light, like or Rayman. I haven't seen a Rayman game in years, and those games are That's wonderful. True. You know, I, I would love to hear that there's new Rayman out there. I think I that could win. I bet Prince of Persia looks completely different at this point. I'm, I, I'd be willing to make a prediction we will not see Prince of Persia at this point. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think again, we talk about games that get banished whenever something goes wrong after no, after that happened. It just seems like game's coming out. I no, no, I'm not saying it's not coming out, but I'm saying it's not gonna be shown at an E three press conference at this point. I think they're just gonna like randomly one day in the fall be like, Here's the update. <laughs> it's coming out and in January. Out right yeah. yeah. I don't okay. Know. Um and so we would agree that they just need to communicate and demonstrate what their vision for the future is. Yes. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think we're, we're good with them. Um, let's go to the, our big third party guy that we're going to talk about, um, before we go on to the first parties, uh, EA, which technically is not at E3. They're doing a thing in July EA play. They moved it out a month kind of, I guess, to give them a little bit of separation and, and probably just to be, say, this is our day. No one else is around us. Right here's our properties, which makes it interesting because that should mean, uh, for me personally, there's a couple things I want. One, I need to see dragon age. It's time to see dragon age. And if I don't see something of like, I don't want some stupid CGI trailer. I want to see what this game looks like an engine, because if I don't see that I'm going to get more nervous than I've been <laughs> for this franchise that I love because I've already seen what they've done to my other beloved bioware franchise and this is the one well last pure one we got um so i need to see that obviously starting tomorrow i believe it is battlefield needs to win people back people were not very high on five at all um it's i think they're gonna need to come out and at least kind of do what they did that one e3 where you walk up to the dude from uh uh what you call it uh, folks that did uh Jedi Fallen Order and be like, so are you working on the next one? And he goes, yeah, we're working on the next one. Um, <laughs> in the audience, sitting down. Yeah, yeah. Front, just, just do that. Maybe not do it that way. Actually show us something. Just, you know, Vader breathing or something or execute Order 66. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it almost um, feels like Jedi Fallen Order is just too soon. Because I feel like we were covering that game. It was 2019. Well, yeah, I was. I thought I thought we were covering that game a year before the pandemic hit. Yeah, like we, were, we had just finished talking about how that was one of Sean's games of the year. Well, I don't know. It just feels a little too soon for that game to even. Well, be a th- I wouldn't expect it in a way of um of it coming out anytime soon. But just to let people know, yes, we hear you, and and I think it would be good for them also, given you know the light that they don't have this exclusivity deal with uh lucas arts anymore right where it's like no now you need to show people that you have something of value to uh to offer to the conversation as far as star wars so to say yeah that worked that was the one thing we all agree completely worked for them and here it is it's coming probably won't be here until 2023 but it's coming don't right don't worry about it um and then for their bigger titles you know this being in july that's going to be basically a month away from Madden and Madden is in its most dire place. 
I feel is like a franchise in uh, in the world of sports right now. Like it, it's so weird to me that I remember when I was in college, it was there were two games, sports games that were above anything else here in America. One was college football, which they're bringing back, and maybe we'll get a tease for that for next year. Uh, we'll see. But more importantly, was Madden, right? Those were the two big ones. And now they're just like, they're not even the conversation, you know? NBA 2K, MLB The Show, uh, some of these soccer games that are out there, those are the ones everyone's gravitating towards now. And I, I just feel like, especially with all the concerns everyone labeled to the franchise mode last year, and they promised all these updates and they have kind of fallen flat from everything I've gathered from the community. A few times I've gone back to it. I'm still not impressed. They need to come up and really sell men to people again uh, in a way they haven't been able to for a long time. It can't just be, yep, pay us another 70 bucks. And by the way, there's more mutt for you to give us money towards. Isn't that great? <laughs> and Roger Goodell going, sitting over there going, well, that's nice. You know, just counting money. <laughs> So I think those are the big ones. I don't expect to see anything on the Mass Effect front yet, obviously, after the tease. Um, don't think you're going to get anything with, like, Dead Space. Uh, I, I guess there could be a need for speed. Um, yeah, no, no. Put those eyebrows down there, uh, kiddo. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think for for, e, for EA, um, EA is the hard one for me, but as I think about it a little more, I, I think that I think the smart move for EA to do for this show is, you know, you, you, you started off with talking about dragon age mm-hmm. and we've, and, and, you know, we've spent a couple of weeks talking about the mass effect trilogy. So I think that EA needs to sort of capitalize on the momentum of our, our, our nostalgia for Bioware and they need to demonstrate to, to, to the fans this kind of needs to be, at least in the first part of the show, this needs to be the Bioware show. Okay. We need to we need some assurance from EA and from Bioware that we're about to go into the Bioware Renaissance. That Dragon Age 4 is worth the wait. This is the old Bioware you know and love. This is where we start again. Sure. Um you know, with, with, with things like that. I think that's, I think that's uh, probably the most, you know, important thing that EA can do. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that Bioware specifically is, is without fault, but Bioware in, is, it's pretty, it's probably pretty fair to suggest that Bioware has suffered under the EA um, corporate shill, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we just need, I, I think the audience needs assurance first and foremost, the number one thing is to just make sure that we are assured that EA is giving Bioware everything it needs, everything it wants, and that Andromeda is a thing of the past. And Anthem is a thing of the past. Yeah. So that's really all my, I think that's what, I think that's first and foremost what, um, what EA needs to succeed for the show. Hmm. I, the other thing I can think of for them is uh, I know because we just got a new game from Hazel Light, they won't be there, obviously, right? They're starting to work on whatever's next. But that that series that they've done, I can't, is it EA Originals or something like that where they're partnering with smaller studios to help, you know, give them a spotlight, if you will. I think it's been a really good one. I know like Sea of Solitude wasn't the most big hit 
for them, but like, you know, the other one with Yarny, I thought was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see that series continue and it would be nice. You know, I, I hope like every year they should always have one of those because it's, yeah. it's like right now I, I've said it's like it takes two is the best game EA has probably published in two or three years. Uh, I mean, no offense to even star Wars, uh, Jedi fallen order. I think that's the better game between those two. So uh, hopefully they, they can continue to find more, you know, hidden gems, if you will, and, and start to develop these studios and then buy them out and probably ruin them because that's what EA does very well. But who knows? Maybe they'll uh, turn the tide and just, you know, think about the creative process <laughs> as opposed to, hmm, success looks like if we put 200 people in your studio and then you have to shut down because you don't make enough money. Um <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move on to the big three. We'll we'll kick it off with the one that is. What are those again? Uh, that is. Uh, let's see. Um, Jaguar. <laughs> Sega. <Atari. laughs> uh, what was the other one? I can't remember. The Neo Geo. That's it. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, but Man, any- I wanted the Neo Geo so bad. <laughs> I did. That's kind of like me, like when I saw Virtual Boy. And in retrospect, when uh, our old roommate Ryan actually let me use his Virtual Boy, I was like, oh, okay, I, I wasn't missing out. Okay, good. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he had that. Yes, yes, I remember this. That thing was trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Psycho Retros uh, says, by the way, Unravel and A Way Out, two EA originals I've played, are both fantastic. I hope for another innovative game from that brand. Well, Psycho Retros, if you've got a friend, go play uh, It Takes Two. Same studio as A Way Out. And both Sean and I loved that game. And John will attest, we loved that game. Yeah, it was a bit nauseous. Yeah, you're like, ugh. Joseph Fiends or Fires, whatever his name is. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, kick it off with uh, who's actually going first. We'll, we'll save the one that has yet to be determined for last because who knows. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Microsoft this Sunday is going to be bringing a showcase featuring, I mean, I guess they're kind of branding as both Microsoft, Bethesda, though. I'm like, you don't have to do that. They're all Microsoft studios. Now, you know, you own them. (laughs) That's why you spent 7.5 billion Phil. Uh, but yeah, they will be doing a showcase, uh, this Sunday. I think personally, obviously the number one goal goes without saying, which is they have to sell games past more, right? Like that, that's their future. That's how it works for this. It, it's no longer for Microsoft about how many games does a game from Xbox studios ship. It's about how many games does it result in new subscribers that don't just come in for 30 days and leave, but actually stick around for like six months, right? That's the goal. And to always have that trend go upwards. That's what Disney Plus is doing. That's what Netflix does, right? Other concerns, those come later. Like, you know, saying, maybe we shouldn't spend $200 million on that. Maybe we should, you know, didn't do as well, right? People didn't play it that much. You do that later. Right now, it's just give people tons of stuff so that they want to come buy your service. But um, more importantly, it's just for as them as a company, they've had a lot of things building. Right. And I think it's time to start laying the roadmap and then actually prove later on that they can deliver. 
because they've done this a little bit in the past. Like if you looked at the early part of the uh, Xbox One era, there were exclusives, right? There were things there that they were building. It was just then after you got basically past Sunset Overdrive, outside of Halo, Forza, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Gears, it just all fell apart very quickly. Scalebound gets canceled. Uh, Crackdown just never came to be what I think they wanted to be. Even things like uh, Sea of Thieves, while they've worked out for them, it took a while for it to make it work, right? Um, so they need to come in and be able to show like, hey, Microsoft Flight Simulator, that was the precursor. You know, that's where we're going. That's what the quality you're going to get from Microsoft Game Studios is going to be. So, you know, you're coming out here and you're saying, here's Starfield, and hopefully it looks great, and it's coming next year, early next year. Here's Halo Infinite. We've resold it on you. We heard you. This is what it looks like coming this fall, right? Uh, we're going to tease up Gear 6, if that's what they're working on. There's that. And then, uh, by the way, uh, what is that one? Um, Everwild or whatever it is? Or I can't remember. You know, the one with uh, by Rare, where it's like the deers and it looks all foresty. Be nice to hear from that and actually show people more than just a concept. More of like, this is what the game is. And hopefully that sells them. But I think that's what they have to do. I'm not saying all their games need to be like ready to come out tomorrow. <laughs> I'm more so saying they have to start to show people you're about to be in a, a place where even before we announce our third party partnerships, we've got something for you about every three or four months, you know, that from us that, you know, is going to hit for you and, and hopefully justify why you're paying us nine bucks a month. Uh, and then on top of that, if they can come out and say, by the way, X game from X developer will be coming day and day to Games Pass. That that is just, you know, icing on the cake for them. So I think that's what success really looks like for them if they want to have a good E3. What about you, John? Yeah, I mean, they've already proven to us that they've got they've got the most powerful console on the market. They've got the, the they've got the best games um subscription service yeah on the planet they they've proven to us that that they've got every tool at their disposal to you know not that anybody cares necessarily about this concept anymore but win the generation whatever that means yeah i don't know um they've just got to prove that they know how to manage first party studios yeah. and i think the reason that they're partnering with Bethesda that, that they're calling it a Microsoft Bethesda showcase is that there's a lot of people out there that want to know what Bethesda, what Bethesda actually looks like under a Microsoft umbrella. Fair. Nobody really cares what all the other acquisitions are because those are simply studios um, under Microsoft. Bethesda is still a publisher under Microsoft. So it's a little it's a little bit different there. So, but we but we need to understand what a fallout looks like and what 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 Elder Scrolls looks like, all these things. But most importantly, you know, <laughs> I can't I can't say that this is necessarily unique, but the Xbox <clears throat> did something when it launched that put them sorely behind. And I honestly think they, they, they could have been making um, they might they might be in a very different place had they been able to manage the development of 
of Halo properly and release it when 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 the box was released. That's fair. So they need so they need they desperately need first party content on Games Pass. Mm-hmm. And they need a regular cadence. So they need to demonstrate and and I'm I'm telling you what you already know. They need to demonstrate that they've got the cadence. It, you know, the Switch's success, and we'll get to them in a minute, but the Switch's early success was 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 possible because for 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 whatever reason, Nintendo per- pulled off a miracle of giving us regular content on the Switch that they were not able to do for the Wii U, mm-hmm. that they probably weren't even able to do on the the original Wii. So that's what we're looking for. I th- I think I think the audience wants to see what Bethesda looks like under this new management. And I think they need to be assured that they have this dynamic machine, this amazing machine. And please tell me that we're just not simply getting new content on Game Pass. We want your content on Game Pass. That's yeah. what we're here for. So that's what they need to do. Okay. Yeah, it will be uh, interesting to see. Um, I'm, And I just want to see what uh, T-shirt Phil Spencer wears. That's true. Because that's going to tell you a lot. That's going to tell you a lot. Is he going to wear some Kojima Studio T-shirt on stage? You know, we'll see. That's the yeah. I guess that's that's again. That's the kind of stuff like where you're like, well, if they're going to have a trick that comes out. You know, if all of a sudden they're like, I want to show that we're partnering with all sorts of people that we've never worked with before, such as my good friend Jeff Keighley and his really good friend Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Oh, and we bought Nintendo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Reggie's just like comes out, I'm back. <laughs> you thought I was gone, but I'm back. That's um, right. <laughs> speaking of Nintendo, uh, they'll be going on Tuesday. We were just talking about like last week. I was like, is Nintendo even doing anything? Because they had like, there hadn't been a peep, right? And then literally the next day, of course, they eased everyone's fears uh, and came out said we're going to be doing another uh direct like we always do pretty much every tuesday about what is it like nine ten in the morning usually about something like that pacific time yeah but yeah. It's, it drops around noon on Eastern oh, okay, time. okay yeah which so for people wondering why we won't have a live stream of that see there's things called work uh friends in uh discord many and nacho guess what you're about to discover that's what you do for the rest of your life you work um <laughs> yeah i'm gonna take a long lunch <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but um yeah nintendo i can i be honest with this um no like when no. we said success like what is, su- <laughs> what is success right i think they have the least they have to actually do because it's like nintendo is the console sells fine right and they're this unique thing <laughs> they don't get by like they don't have to sell you that there's you know uh all these third party offerings on top of a great first party lineup to make you want to invest in the console this fall right i think pretty much most people if you own multiple consoles the switch is for your switch games and you know maybe smaller mobile stuff and, and you play elsewhere and that's fine because guess what you're definitely going to go buy whatever new mario they put out you're definitely going to go buy Breath of the Wild 2 when it comes out. Metroid Prime 4, maybe. We hope. Pray for John. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, like, short of them just 
unless they like came out and just said, yeah, Breath of the Wild 2, we're going to cancel that. We're just going to go ahead and move on and you won't see Zelda for five years. Unless they did something stupid like that. I, I would just be like, just go show a couple of Nintendo games. Make sure they look nice and, and Nintendo-y and I'm sure it will all take care of itself. You know, it will, because I've, sure. I've, I've learned at this point, like they are enigma, like didn't really happen for them in the Wii U generation for whatever reason, maybe just because of the hardware, but it definitely happened in the Wii generation and it's definitely happening again this generation, right? You just like look at it. We're talking about blockbusters for Sony and Microsoft. And then you go over there and it's like, yeah, Animal Crossing, 30 million. <laughs> no problem. You know, Breath of the Wild, 30 million. Uh, you know, Mario Kart, 30 million. Smash Bros, 30 million. That's that's how they get by. <laughs> so they're fine. <laughs> so I, I have a feeling like, I guess if you were going to make a prediction of things you could see, I could say it's probably time for both a tease for the next actual iterations of Smash Bros. and uh, and Mario Kart. I know there's been talks of this 2D Donkey Kong game that apparently is in development by the Super Mario team. Hopefully uh, Super Mario Odyssey team. So hopefully we get to see that. And I expect, you know, because you had the point in your last direct where you literally had the director of the game say, we'll hear more about Breath of the Wild 2 later on this year. So I think it's a foregone conclusion. This is the time you would hear about it, right? On it, on their biggest stage. So maybe besides I just get some more Zelda news because, you know, yeah, Breath of the Wild, or I'm sorry, uh, Skyward Sword. Yeah, great. I want more. <laughs> I want, I want, I want a Links to the Past. I want, you know, maybe uh, even uh, what's the other one? The the one that was on DS. That's the sequel, Link Between Worlds. Right. I'd love to hear that those were coming and that they were playable. That'd be awesome. So I don't know. That's just me. What about you, John? You're the Nintendo fanboy. Well, I mean, I think you're right about one thing. I think Miyamoto could come out, um, stick the microphone to his butt and fart, and everybody would say, well, that <laughs> yeah! was great. So I get, I understand where you're coming from. They, they are an enigma. They they do, they get away with stuff that nobody else gets away with, um, for better or for worse. But I think what everybody's wanting to see, and I'm a little bit skeptical that they're, that they're going to do that they're so they've already announced that the game, that the presentation is going to be 40 minutes around mm, 40 minutes long. Tight. The question is what can they do in 40 minutes? And I've watched hundreds upon hundreds of these press conferences and Nintendo directs 40 minutes is not a lot of time. No, um, it, at least it, or at least it goes by very quick. So <clears throat> you have to wonder, I think what they need to do. And, and, and let me always, let me also say that, According to rumors, we already should have seen the Switch Pro prior to this press conference. Sure. So I don't know what any of this means at this point. Um, I've said they've it. also they've also indicated that the that a that a majority and a majority could mean fifty one percent, but a majority is going to be spent on games that are coming out in twenty twenty one. That would so be that, their mo. Yeah. So that leaves the question of. Do they talk about Mario Kart 9? We know that exists. Do they talk about Splatoon 2? We know that exists. When all these games are likely coming out in 2022, do they talk about it? You know? Smash, I think I think Smash is Smash for the Switch generation. I I just think they've thrown everything at that game 
including the kitchen sink. Um, all they got to do is just add more characters to, I, I don't see the need to even make that game again. Um, do they have Unless- master chief in it? No, then they have not thrown everything <laughs> at it. Okay. Thank I'm just you. Saying. I'm just saying, but I think people, <clears throat> people want to, I think people want to walk away knowing what's happening with Zelda, both breath of the wild and the 35th anniversary. They want to know what's going on with the, with the switch pro. What is it? When's it coming out? And how do I get my hands on one? And finally, the fourth thing they want to know what you are going to do. Mm -hmm. What's next for Metroid? Yeah. Is, is Metroid four coming out in 2022, but in the meantime, we get an HD port of Samus returns or an HD port of Metroid prime trilogy, all those things. So I think those four things need to somehow be addressed in this presentation for them to, for people to walk away from this satisfied with what Nintendo gave them. Yeah. So uh, I, I just think that's where they, where they are. If it's 40 minutes, I don't see them because it's just not Nintendo's MO. <clears throat> To be like, okay, 40-minute presentation. Let's take 10 minutes to talk about why you need a Switch Pro, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's either coming some point in the next couple of days. And they very well might just put a video out on Twitter. I don't have a problem with that. Being like, hey, mm-hmm. this is coming this fall. We ain't got a date yet. We'll let you know when pre-orders are coming, right? For those who yeah, want. Yeah, maybe. Um, or else, like I said, I, I still am one of those guys. I'm like, if you're going to launch this in October don't say a freaking word until September because the general public doesn't know. And they're going to spend money to buy switches when they see them in stores versus if kids know that the switch pro is coming and be like, no mom, hold off. Don't buy that. I want the switch pro. Cause I want 4k and OLED screens and all this other stuff. I'm a kid. Yay. Um, so, you know, I think <laughs> that's a, why that's a good reason why you don't, put that out uh, mm-hmm. before you need to that that's just my opinion if you weren't selling that'd be a different case but i just don't think that's an issue for them um yeah. that's it let's uh pivot to our last one here the one that has no date we have no idea what's coming we don't know when it's coming we just assume they are not gonna remain silent for the whole freaking summer you know they're like gonna come out hey Here's an update on Gran Turismo 7. Bye. <laughs> um, I don't see that being the case. So Sony, at some point, I would imagine, is going to start to lay their cards on the table, right? They kind of did, I guess, with when we get to the news, at least what their thinking is. But um, I, I'm like, my my big question of success, is it, a new format where they're kind of dedicated to what state of play has been right here is 10 games that are coming in X amount period, maybe one or two that tease their long-term or is it Sony E3 2016, right? Come out. Here's a presentation. Boom. God of war Ragnarok gameplay kicks it off. Boom. Another horizon zero or uh, forbidden West at some point. Right. Boom. Here's the first trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Boom. Here's one for Final Fantasy XVI. You know, uh, whatever this Last of, Last of Us Remastered that apparently Naughty Dog is working on. Uh, and if Bend has something they can show for their next property, 
maybe Ghost of Tsushima Part 2 or whatever, right? Like, there's, is that what they're going to start to do? Kind of like what we saw, like where they, 2015, 2016, they teased all these things and then it was like, okay, now we all wait. Or is it going to be more centric focused on just what's there, selling a lot of what their partnerships that they're making, you know, as far as promoting games and trying to get people to come in that way? Um, because I, otherwise, I don't know. That might be the reason why they're not doing anything right now. Is they're like, look, this fall is probably going to be Deathloop. <laughs> and uh, I don't think Ghostwire Tokyo is coming this fall, is it? Not that I've heard. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the big thing. It and, might. I mean, it might. Yeah. You know, I don't think you need to show Kino uh, Bridge of Spirits again, right? Or anything like that. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, I guess that's the question is what is their their setup going to be going forward? Is this just the new Sony? You know, because obviously we're looking at two different management chains on this, right? One is, of course, the uh, the classic Andrew uh, House. And uh, who was the dude before him that was there forever? Oh, I cannot remember. He was so good, too. My name is old. We're old. There you go. We're old. <laughs> you can't remember, can you, John? Who, who are you looking for? The guy who was over Sony America or PlayStation America, whatever, before Andrew House. Oh, I don't know. Remember? Oh, he was he was uh, Jack Trenton. Jack Trenton, yeah, yeah, Jack Trenton. Yeah. There, it finally kicked in. Yeah, he's the. I mean, I, the guy he just he just knew how to sell stuff. It's like yeah. you, if if you told me that Jack Trenton never played a video game in in, in his life, I'd believe you. But he he just looks like a guy who just sits in his office, you know, making decisions, mm-hmm. drinking brandy and smoking cigars. But he but he knew how to sell stuff. So yeah. What are, um, what are you thinking, John? Was was this? Because I don't even know how to define success. It's just more of like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> I don't necessarily think that PlayStation has anything to. To prove. prove to the masses necessarily, yeah. I could tell you what I want to know. What I want to know is I want I want PlayStation to explain to me why I bought a PlayStation Five. Hmm. That's what I want, and we'll talk about this. I mean, th- this this conversation is going to come up a little bit later. Sure, um, but that's really what I need to know. Obviously, there's there's a game coming out this Friday that's getting excellent reviews and it's going to be it's it's a game that i've absolutely been looking forward to yes but i but i want to know what is coming to playstation 5 in the next couple of years exclusively to playstation 5 show me why i bought a playstation 5 in 2020 that that's all i need to know because I don't know that I can honestly say at this point that my purchase and I don't remember who it was. I think it was, um, who was it in the, was it Dwight? I think said he bought a, he managed to get a PS five. Yeah. I want to know on behalf of myself and Dwight, why we own the PS five. I asked myself that I told you that today. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to go hook up the old PS5 because yeah. You know. well, and and look, I don't don't get me wrong. When all the when the pan, before the pandemic started, my my game plan was get a great get a solid get that get a solid AMD graphics card. Sure. 
and a PlayStation five, because what I decided was I want my, I want the PlayStation five exclusives to play any and all things. Xbox I can play on PC. Yeah. So I'm covered. That was my, but thinking. now, but now I have this and look, you know, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving, um, I'm giving PlayStation a, a, a you know, a long rope here because I understand that the, that a pandemic hit, I understand that there's things, you know, I didn't, you know, as great as, as good, I don't say great as good as Returnal is. I didn't, I didn't need the PlayStation five to get it as good as demon souls is. I didn't need the PlayStation five for that. Now, ratchet and clank. Wait, no, not ratchet and clank. There's a game coming out Friday, random insomniac title. Yeah, random insomniac <laughs> title. That's a game I really want, but yeah. I don't know that I could justify one game that I really, really want. Yeah. So you know, I but, just I just need the company to show me why I bought it because when I when I bought it, there are a couple of games out there that I didn't realize I didn't need it for. Sure. If I you know, and we'll expand on that later. Sure. But to me, that's what I want from from PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I'm with you though. Uh, like I said, I, I'm kind mm -hmm. of to the point where PlayStation five, I think is officially just an exclusives machine. I think I said that, yeah. or if like, you know, say Sean and, mm -hmm. and some of our other friends were wanting to play an online game and there's no cross platform support for some reason, which seems that reason is dying out very fast. And they're all playing yeah. it on PS5. I guess I'll buy it on PS5 then. That would be the one reason. And I don't see that happening very much. Uh, just with the way I game these days. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on that part. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but that's... I will say my last, my last thoughts on E3, if I may. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing I'm going to miss about traditional E3, is really knowing where everything is at all times. True. I'm having a hard time keeping up with what's going on. And when it's going on. Yeah. That's, gonna, that's just strange to me. I'm um, having uh, a hard time wondering why we made Nacho a moderator. Cause he just showed up in chat for like the first time in three weeks. Come on, Nacho, tighten up. You're out of school. Tighten now. up, dude. This is your job now. Okay. Tighten up. Um, I, I guess the one other thing, as far as what we're talking about success, right? This is like make or break to me for E3. I am very much in my mind like realizing the reality that you know sony seems to have pretty much uh abandoned e3 completely now right ea has at least moved their summer presentation far enough away where it can't be associated with e3 in any way nintendo is doing it e3 week but of course has been doing their own thing for a while uh, and you just look at Microsoft, and that's the last baby you got, you know, the biggins. You know, I almost wonder what's going to happen if this doesn't go over well for them as far as, you know, their week and what they present to people and how it's received. And then old Jeff Keighley, who's got all these insiders and used to run E3 for them, comes in with this summer games fest and goes, look how much better I know how to promote your games. I know better than they do. Is, is what he is selling to the general public this summer. We'll see if he can deliver it. But if he does, and if E3 doesn't punch back with force, man, oh man, 
it's maybe not next year, but like, especially by the year after I could easily see this situation where you have summer's games fest, which plays over two months, highlighting different third party people. So they never feel like they're smothered. Right. And then you just know that the big three at some point are going to do events and, you know, lay out what they've got. And Jeff will be like, tell me what day you want and we will get out of your way. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. That's, that's the other interesting part for this weekend or starting <clears throat> this weekend, I should say. Feel that's the same John or. Yeah, I do. I mean, I mean the, the biggest, you know, it was bad enough that it's bad enough that, that, it has to be digital this year because while, you know, Nintendo always did the Nintendo direct, but they always had this exquisite show floor. I mean, they just, they always just decked it out. It was, it's, it's still the, it's still the, 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 the show floor piece that everybody just flocks to. Everybody wants to know what they're doing now. It's not there, but Jeff Keighley, I think, I mean, I think that's a keen observation. Jeff Keighley is the threat. He really is. Yeah. That is that is one ambitious dude. He wants, he sees blood in the water and he goes after it. Yeah. He sees it. The guy knows how to spot an opportunity. He really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I can see like, in the next couple of years, E3 um, being maybe, maybe Jeff Keeley buys the E3 name and just could. rebrands it himself. He could. You know? uh, it'll be uh, Jeff three <laughs> or Keeley three. <laughs> yeah. like Keeley three fest. I could see it would be funny if during uh, E3 week they're just presenting and out of nowhere Kojima <laughs> appears in a in a Mel Gear solid <laughs> Mac and just starts t- destroying the stage. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Keely's taking over. No, <laughs> it's over. Keely runs gaming. Uh John, mm. you wrote us some news. You want to read it? No, Sean did. Sean did. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's he did. He did while he was in Pandora going fly with me. Uh, he wrote some news after he found his dragon or wherever the heck they were called. I can't remember. Talk tar. Like something like that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's do some news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly games chat presents the news. There's nothing coming from John. <laughs> what happened? You're just like, <laughs> oh, you couldn't. Was, hear yeah, that? yeah. It was just like, it's like your microphone just knows he's gonna break it, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my sound was delayed. Oh, you never know. You never know. Uh, let's start off with uh, some Sony news. We're gonna read these back to back because they kind of tie into one another, don't they, John? Oh uh, yeah. First off, God of War two. Surprising, no one has been delayed. Sony has announced that the sequel to God of War from 2018 has now been delayed to next year to 2022. Also, the game will be released on PS4. The news was announced by Herman Holst, such a great name, uh, head of PlayStation Studios on the PlayStation blog during a Q&A. While he did share that Horizon Forbidden West was on track for a release this holiday season, God of War started a little later, so the day decision was made to push it to 2022 to ensure that the quote amazing god of war game that or that it is the amazing god of war game that we all want to play on releasing god of war on ps4 holst continued 
quote, you can't build a community of over 110 PS4 owners and then walk away from it, right? I think that would just be bad for fans of PlayStation 4, but frankly, not very good for business, where it makes sense to develop a title for both PS4 and PS5 for both Horizon Forbidden West and the next God of War, as well as GT7, that's Gran Turismo. Uh, we'll continue to look at that. And if PS4 owners want to play that game, they can. If they want to go on and play the PlayStation 5 version, that game will be there for them as well. End quote. And John, we got some late-breaking news today as uh, you will update us on now. Well, Horizon uh, Forbidden uh, West is apparently going cross-gen. Matthias Dijon in case you were wondering, Chris, Thank has you. weighed in on the controversy or controversy surrounding making Horizon Forbidden West cross-gen. When asked if there were any noticeable differences in the PS4 versus PS5 versions, he responded, quote, I don't think the cross-generation development was limiting in any way. When we started with the concept of this game, we had so many great ideas that ended up being included to the point that, um, the, to the point that ended up being uh, just... Yeah. Hello, editing team. To the point that we didn't really think about hardware limitations or anything. We just wanted to design a really nice, unique experience for the player. Hmm. An awesome adventure. That's how we also brainstorm all the quests and events the player is going to go through. I think the big delta between these two consoles, apart from the 3D audio, quick loading, and DualSense, of course, is on the graphical side of things. On the PlayStation 5, we can add so much more detail graphically. We can see the tiny hairs on Aloy's face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's important. For example. Uh, and you can see also a ton of detail from far away. Mm -hmm. And Chris once taught me that that's what we call draw distance. Yes. Yes. How far you can go is usually determined by your graphics card and CPU processor. Um, so <clears throat> that was what I was thinking when I heard all of this. I'm like, oh, they're just going to make it you know, add a lot more mo motion blur to the PS4 versions and very limited draw distance compared to what they could probably do. Like I'd imagine with God of, uh, or even like horizon this fall, uh, Aloy going to a top of the cliff and you would be able to see out so much further than you will on your, uh, PS4. If you're playing it there, regular or pro, right. Um, and that's the advantage of next gen. Um, I, you know, well, do you want to go or me? I don't care. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree. You know, I, you remember the scene from Star Wars where Alderaan explodes and Obi-Wan says, it's as if millions of voices out, cried out in terror and <laughs> yeah. were then silenced. I, 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 I akin that or akin that to kind of the first time they ever showed the Ragnarok logo um, and then said coming in 2021, I think every God of War Sony video game fan who was watching that at the time, they all collectively said, no, it's not. I mean, virtually at the same time, everybody did that. Yes. And we're then, as Obi-Wan would say, and we're then silent. <laughs> you know? Nobody believed that. Nobody. No. no. Maybe Corey Barlog believed it. Maybe Sony believed it. Maybe. But nobody in their right mind believed it. So this part of it's not a surprise in any way, shape or form. Sure. But the, but the curveball that came our way when this was being announced, and I guess it was, I guess, I guess, I guess it was really not officially announced just through a, you know, the Q and a with, with, uh, with Holst, you know, saying that this, that this game 
this PlayStation 5 game that we thought was obviously going to be an exclusive is coming to the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, Chris, I mean, there's two sides to this coin, I guess, but where do you where do you rest on the idea that both Horizon and God of War are both cross-gen? I was never, where do you stand on that? I was never surprised by Horizon because from my understanding, they started development like it was pretty much built as a PS4 game first. So it's like, well, if you're, especially if it's coming out this holiday season, I don't know why you wouldn't put it out there. Right. Money. That's why. But, uh, I think, you know, I kind of talked to this last week. I said, like, it doesn't matter that PlayStation five had the biggest launch of any Sony console because that's all obsolete now. Right. I think personally, they would have sold more, than they did and they probably were expecting to sell more than they did uh here at their launch window because they know how you know how popular their console is and it's evident because you pretty much see people getting in queues for them every day online right or watching twitch streams just to see when there's a stock refresh um and i think the reality is is in my mind i process it with god of war is I think they were hoping probably by the end of this year, they would have somewhere between 25 and 30 million PS fives out. Like, I think that's what their goal was like, because, you know, we're talking about, they've had years to perfect this, right. And ramp up and be able to ramp up better and better, faster and faster. I think that was the goal. And therefore I think the goal was to take whatever that number was and pretty much double it, double it. Uh, over the next 12 months so that when God of War came out, you were looking at an eco base of like somewhere between 45 to 60 million consoles out there already. So you say it's not that hard for us to see us selling 10 million units of that very popular game to the PlayStation faithful. It's a lot different now where you go, there's a strong reality by the end of this year that the best they can do through no fault of their own really is get about 15 to 16 million consoles out. Like that's the best. And then you don't know when the situation is going to change. So you're looking at the potential of 2022. Maybe it's a little bit better. Maybe it gets a lot better. They just don't know. So I think they had to make a decision here of like, what's easier for us to guarantee we're going to make our money Are we going to put this thing out just on PS5 where we could have maybe at most 30 million if we're lucky by the time it comes out and hope that one in three people buy it so we get to 10 million right away? Or are we going to say, hey, as they said, we have 110 million other people over here. Not all of them have a PS5. We need to make money. We're not Microsoft. As I said earlier, Microsoft's in the business of getting you subscribers Sony is in the classic business of we are paying $200 million up front to make a game like this. We need the monetary return. We need to guarantee that investment. The way you do that is you put your game to the most places you can. And of course, Sony doesn't want to put something like God of War on other consoles or platforms. So the easiest thing for them to do is to say, take the $110 million we've already got, make it for them. You've already given them one great uh, God of War game on that console. Um, So, you know, Sarah, and and I think they've proven they can do it because, I mean, Miles, I played Miles Morales on on PS4 Pro originally, and then I played it on my PS5 when I got it. 
I never had a problem playing that, you know, ever. So I think, uh, I, you know, I, I get why some people are, I guess, upset about this just because they want that idea of like, and, and to be fair, Sony did promise them, like, we believe in generations. So if you want to call BS on them for that, go right ahead because, you know, that's not something Microsoft said. That's something Sony said. So if you, if that's why you're angry, I get it. If it's just more of the fact that you're afraid the game is not going to be great, I'd be like, I don't think graphics are the be all end all to what makes a great game. And I think that team is really good at what they do where they could probably figure out how to make it work and work well for them. But that's just my take, John. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how many, how many units the original God of War from PlayStation four sold. That was like eight to 10, wasn't it? Somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you search, or you talk, and I will search. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> about, I guess it was about 10 million by May of okay. 2019. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a year. <laughs> the, I mean, you, you make an interesting point about, you know, it, uh, Sony doesn't feel like there's enough units out to justify maximizing sales for yeah. God of War. Okay. Um, you know, the, the fact that Hulse said we can't abandon um, the previous generation, I, I, I just respond, since, since when? Yeah. Since when? I mean, uh, let's be honest, PlayStation has, has, has never, what, what PlayStation's doing now, regardless of what the reason is, PlayStation's never done this before. Um, they they've never done first party games multi console with uh, with very rare exception there's there's little big planet 3 which 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 showed up on the PlayStation 3 yeah. as well as the PlayStation 4 but those but but little big planet little blue blue little big planet 3 wasn't in in their launch window i mean what was their launch games Rezo, Rezo Gun was not a first a first party game it was like second party it was exclusive to the platform that showed up on PlayStation 3 but Sony seems to have a history between consoles when they when they when they jump on the PlayStation 3 they move on from PlayStation 2 when they jump on the PlayStation 4 they move on they there's no separation there's no there's no long divorce proceeding nothing like that they move on particularly with their mainline first party in-house studios they don't put them on previous gen. They never have. And so, you know, there's when it comes to, you know, developing these games, you know, for Horizon or, or God of War, I think what gets people frustrated is when do we get to experience the next gen version of God of War? Because if you're suggesting to me that God that that Kratos isn't going to jump on some sort of elevator. Or go through that, go through that, um, that time portal thing that he used to fast travel. Let's be honest. What that was was a loading screen. That's sure. all that was. Yeah. And on PlayStation Five, you don't need things like that, but you do on the PlayStation Four. So when when the guy when, when Matthias is talking about Horizon, talking about there's been no there's been no there's been no issue. I guess I know what he's saying, mm-hmm. but. There is one. 
because it's the difference with how you, what you have to, what, what is it? I, I think, I think the, um, the, uh, the solid state drive or the machine itself is maybe at least 30 times faster, yeah. if not more than, than, than the PlayStation four, heck the PlayStation four pro. So don't tell people that there's going to be no difference in what a next gen horizon zero dawn looks like versus what it would look like on the PS4 because you hide. The, I mean, I was playing resident evil five and you get, and you jump on elevators. That game is cross is, is cross gen. I don't mm-hmm. have problems with third parties putting their games on, on different consoles. That's not what this discussion is about. But you can see in those in those in those games that the reason that Ethan gets on an elevator is because he needed to get an elevator get on an elevator for the PlayStation 4 version so that these environments can render. Hmm. I mean, just just I mean, that's that's just kind of my hang up with it. You can't get a next gen God of War game if you're putting it also on the PlayStation 4. Quit trying to pretend that that's not the case. I don't know. You are just complete. You're just completely shooting down the reason why we bought these consoles. The mm. selling point of these consoles was the fast load times. But when you... we have to share platforms with these with these amazing new games, we have to share platforms. But we have but but it's like it's like George Bush's No Child Left Behind. It's like you've got you've got these kids that you've got to bring to the front of the class before you can move on. That's yeah. what this is. And it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to, these games are going to be amazing regardless of the state they're in. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, ex, I'm just as excited. I'm not hung up about it, but I just wish that Hulse and these guys would quit shining us on like this and pretending that all of a sudden generations matter. Well, I think, or don't matter. I think for them, I don't think they wanted to do this. That's the thing. Like I, that's why I think it's a response to their situation, right? They weren't expecting this. And now this is the, the wrench in their plans. And it's like, well, you got two choices. You can either delay it to 2023, which means if God of war really is going to be done next year, right? You just going to let sit for 12 months until you go, Hey, we're good. You know, we got enough consoles out there that we feel comfortable releasing this, which is, you know, that's a big ass because you have huge teams here. Where are they going to do after that? Right. Are you, are you just going to go ahead and start work on the next God of war or are they working on something else? They won't have the ability to evaluate how it did. So if they feel comfortable making those financial decisions, right. And I guess, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because yeah, you are right as far as the history of PlayStation, but those were also because of limitations of how they designed their consoles. Right. You know, you couldn't bring anything from PS3 to PS4. You just couldn't because they were ran on different architectures. One was x86. There was the, uh, you know, was it the cell, whatever it was called system. And that's why you don't see a lot of PS3 games on PS4 or PS5 now. Right. It's been an admitted problem for them. But on the other hand, I the hope I would give to people is like, look, it's not a completely foreign concept to have games that are well-designed and can take advantages of power as it's there. And I would just tell people, go look at a PC. You know, Doom Eternal looks amazing on a 3080 Ti or RTX, whichever one you got, right? 
It also runs pretty dang nice on a 1660 GTX. It does fine. Those are two very, very different graphical systems. I know there's a couple of things that are nuanced, right? Like where I can take that 1660 and of course pair it with a better CPU and a better hard drive and all that, right? But they do still work. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, to me, I don't, is it going to matter to me where I play this? I mean, yeah, I want to play it on the best place, right? But as long as the game is good, I, I, I don't care if something feels next gen, I guess is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just care that it's a good game and that it feels like it's worth my time when I play it. As long as I get that, I'm good. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out. My, my big fear is that if they are just all of a sudden pivoting on this, that those people who do buy it on PS4 get a version that just does not work very well. Right. Or has been outsourced to some studio to tone it down and they just they run out of time. Right. Because they're on kind of what Sony Santa Monica is doing <laughs> and they're ready to go. Then they're ready to go. Uh, so that's that's the one worry I would have with it. But besides that, uh, yeah, it sucks. I, I get what you're saying as far as having to walk through a cavern and knowing exactly why it's there. Right. Um, but. That's not the part I remember from those games. The part I remember is, you know, a dragon crashing through the mountain and then, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> I, I it, to me, it's almost. Um, well, aside from the fact that, that the, you know, that there's going to be, you know, limitations in hardware development. You, people bought mm -hmm. PlayStation 5 for next gen God of War. People bought PlayStation 5 for next-gen party, so first-party exclusives, and they're not getting it. But if you got... That, that's not... That, that, to, to me, that, that, is, that is why you make this purchase. And if you're telling me hmm. that in 2022, I have a PS5, but I didn't really need it, hmm. that pisses people off. Sure. It really does. And, sure. I, and I, 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 just, I just think that, you know... <laughs> Talk about talk about a phrase I don't use very often. That's anti-consumer. That's telling people buy this system because of all these great experiences sure. you're going to get. Oh, and by the way, two years later, this is going to be on PlayStation Four, so you really never needed to buy it. Yeah. Is it's... is 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 Ratchet and Clank or some other Insomniac game? Is Ratchet and Clank really that game mm -hmm. that was going to push me to buy the PS Five? No, no, no. But do you think like if? Somehow Spider-Man's coming next year. I think it's going to be the same thing. It might be different. It's coming 2023 or later, right? But if, if it if Insomniac's ready to do another Spider-Man next fall, I guarantee you it's coming out on PS4 as well. And I don't know. I, I mean, like, it will it feel like... I guess the question is, will it feel like next-gen to you, right? If you know the God of War Ragnarok you're playing, say... If, it's on, you know, PS4. It runs at best at 30 frames per second. It takes longer loading times. Uh, doesn't have much of a draw distance. You know, limited in what can do in HDR. Versus over here, you're on your PS5 playing that game. It's running at 60 frames per second uh, with ray tracing on. If it's not doing that, by the way, if you don't want ray tracing, if you just want top line performance, you can do 120 fps it loads instantly no matter where you're traveling in the game 
uh, you know, and it uses, say, like Dolby Atmos as far as uh, its HDR, so therefore it's more fluid. Um, you know, does that not in some way convert to saying this is a next-gen machine compared to what the person on PS4 is playing? I don't know. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, let's say there's let's say there's an elevator scenario <clears throat> in both games. Yeah. I just hope I just hope that as a joke, I mean, this would really make me forgive them. Sure. As a joke, Aloy gets on an elevator <laughs> and on the PlayStation 5 it goes so fast that it knocks her up against the ceiling. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. That would, that would be like a wink and a nod. Yeah, we get it. This is the PlayStation Five. It's faster. Sure, but I just, you know, I, I, I just wish that people out there just would not simply dismiss. Sure, because because it, it, people are trying to dismiss it as you're just trying to be an elitist. No, you told us to buy this system because of these experiences, Dude, and we did. You'll never. And now, and now there's nothing. Now we don't have any justification for these boxes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless you're just some tech, if you're if you're the guy that wants the latest, greatest technology, sure. then you have no buyer's remorse. But, you know, it, I buy I buy PlayStation for the exclusives and this is and I'm not getting the exclusives. Yeah. You know, I'll never have a problem with anyone saying call, you know, corporations on their BS. And I agree. That was something I had to think of was like, hey, they did promise you they believe in generations and they're reneging mm -hmm. on that. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a fair criticism. I mean, the one thing, like, I will say, like, to people, I'm like, would you buy this console for? I would remind them, I'm like, go go boot up a game on your PS4 real quick, and then go mm -hmm. boot up a game on your PS5, and then tell me how those experiences go for you, because that's the reason I turn on my Series X every day, <laughs> you know, and continuously play it. Yeah, um, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Resident Evil 7 in less than 10 seconds. When exactly. I boot it up. Yeah, that's, that's the nice part, I guess um but anyways let's move on uh yeah. team asobi has officially been announced as the newest internal development studio inside playstation that shouldn't be confused with asobo studios who is the team yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking that. yeah i was like wait a minute <laughs> uh when i read this uh the news comes almost four months after sony interactive entertainment announced the playstation studios japan will be reorganized around team asobi uh, the studio is best known for Astrobot Rescue Mission for PSVR and Astrobot's Playroom uh, on PlayStation Five. There's another one. That's why you bought John Astrobot. Uh, the there team you. has There's been exclusive. <laughs> the team has been a part of game development since 2012, as it was formed about a year before the launch of the PS4, according to Herman Halst. Hey, he's a popular guy this week. PlayStation is quote building Team Asobi in Tokyo, a world class studio that is developing a franchise for all ages with global appeal. Sounds like more Astrobot is on the way. Yeah, hopefully, like now they can actually lean into this and give us a Astrobot game that isn't just a tech demo or you know limited to just folks who like VR. Right? It would be nice to say, you know what? It's time. Let's go take on Mario with this little guy and see what we can do. Right, throw or our hat boy. Yeah. No, no one will ever beat Sackboy. I just feel bad for him. He's probably just in the corner crying, watching He's everybody dreaming. just adore adore the Astrobot. Yeah, he was so good. And especially that second one. God, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> you know what I also love, John? New games. Well, Bend is working on a new game. Now, we already knew this uh, by way of rumor, but Herman Hulse gave an update 
on what Sony Ben Studio is working on. Ben Studio is working on an exciting new IP, an exciting new IP uh, that builds on top of the uh, quote deep open world systems that they've developed with Days Gone. Hulse confirmed that Bend is working on an entirely new IP after a Days Gone sequel was rejected and the team was reportedly working with Naughty Dog. Recording, uh, regarding PC releases, and this is this is um, kind of pivoted from Days Gone recent PC release, mm-hmm. uh, regarding PC releases, Hulst is committed to feeding that appetite for PlayStation games on PC. However, he suggested or alluded, probably is the, the more accurate uh, term, that a two-year wait between release on console and PC for games like Days Gone uh, hits the right balance. Yeah. So I can definitely see that we, you know, so, you know, going forward, we can see the, the Uncharted's um, coming to PC, you know, maybe, maybe Spider-Man coming to PC. I think it, but um, it might be hard for the, I mean, well, they didn't remaster it for uh PS4. I was thinking that with Uncharted. They just put the PS, they just put the, yeah, they just put those on there. I mean, it's yeah. Not, it's what is it? A, a drag and drop. <laughs> <laughs> done. Job's done. Uh, I hope whatever it is, you know, they, they seem like they had a really like, regardless of days gone's uh, launch issues. It definitely seemed like a studio like that. They had the idea of what they wanted to make a game about, right? Like the motorcycle culture. And of course, Oregon itself, because that's where they're located. Um, so I hope they're able to find something, whatever this new IP is going to be, that is uh, kind of, you know, gives them more of that. Like, hey, let's make the game that we want to make and, you know, figure out what it is. I, I can't wait. And I'm sure it'll be on PS4 and PS5 to John's experiment. Um, Do you want to take the next two? Um, sure, I guess I can. Uh, first off, we have everything coming to Games Pass as of right now. <laughs> uh for this month, Wild at Heart, and For Honor, Backbone, Darkest Dungeon, and Super Anim- Animal Royale. That just is a great name for a game. That's right up there with DC Supergirl High School, right? Super Animal Royale. I don't know what Which you Which I have yet to see a single review on that game. <laughs> on DC? Or uh, Super Animal uh, Royale? Uh, Super DC Superhero Girls. Oh, okay. Oh. I at least know. want it to be okay <laughs> but john you, you've already that. bought it you 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 got the oh, 90 yeah, yeah. you got the 95 million. you've got the collector statue coming That's where right. they actually make your version of the dc girl in high school right i've heard you chose flash it was a good choice um <laughs> but uh i have heard really good things if you've all in a narrative game about the wild at heart um especially if you have that like Firewatch and um Edith Finch, you like those kind of vibes? I've heard that's right up your alley. Uh, the funny thing I took from this list here, though, is just that uh, I looked at it, I was like, yeah, yeah, there's about a bunch of stuff that's going to be announced for Games Pass as of today, probably coming out on Sunday afternoon, right? And we've added these games to Games Pass today. And then everyone goes, yay. And then they go, <laughs> Xbox Worldwide Exclusive. Uh, and then also on the Xbox front, Microsoft has confirmed that AMD's new super sampling tech will support the Series X and S. 
Quote at Xbox, we are excited by the potential of AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution technology as another great method for developers to increase frame rates and resolution. We will have more to share on this soon. The new tech will help console owners achieve higher frame rates or resolutions on games running either on the X or the S. It will be done. Ooh. Oh, no. What happened to OBS? Why is OBS disconnected? Hopefully... Oh, did the stream just die? That's what I wanted. No. Okay, it says it's reconnected itself. Okay, I think we're back now. Yay. Sorry, folks uh, who are watching the stream. Apparently, OBS is not liking my update that I had today. Is is Sean sabotaging? From I feel like, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting attacked by him. He's doing a DDS yeah. attack. But anyways, uh, uh, the Fidelity X tools have uh, wisely already been incorporated to development kits of both the X and S and the super resolution will be available on laptops and desktops on June 22nd. This is good. I think, especially for those who have got the S right. Cause at the very least, while they probably won't get 4k resolution to know like anything that's 1440, they could get 60 or even potentially 120 frames out of that makes that mm -hmm. console more appealing to them. I think. Yeah. Might, might even be something I look into. Mm. I could just connect it to my, my 2k monitor right uh john mm -hmm. why don't you tell us the most terrible about news the of this week yeah <laughs> splinter cell is uh chris the good news is splinter cell does have a future okay so listen up images you're gonna love this images of an in-development game called <laughs> battle cat <laughs> have leaked online that shows a combination of several Tom Clancy properties to include Splinter Cell, Division, and Ghost Ruckin. It is apparently an objective-based multi PvP multiplayer game, and according to a recent tweet, uh, quote, the Division Battle Cat is a Splinter Cell X breakdown, sorry, is a Splinter Cell cross breakdown, breakpoint, good lord, cross division mashup PvP game that began testing around January. The game apparently lets players take on a role within one of the four prominent Tom Clancy universe factions and uses specific playstyles akin to that particular game. This is this is clearly all that Chris wanted. So what do you think about that Chris? You going to get it? No. Does it, doesn't this make you does this make you happy? No. Uh, yeah. I get the logistics. It makes sense for what they've said, right? They're going to <laughs> games as service and it's like why would you make three versions of a games as service when you can just combine them all and do one big one right it 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 makes total sense i can't deny it uh no matter how i feel about it but you know i'm glad because i know it's dead now it's not happening it's never gonna happen i'm not getting my hopes up i'm not gonna sit there and tune into your stupid ubisoft forward event with any expectation that you're gonna do anything i want because all you're going to do is say, watch your stupid Just Dance and your stupid Divisions and probably your stupid Ghost Recons and all those things. And who cares about Ezio too? He can screw it off as far as I'm concerned. Hey. And then, and then you know, I don't care about the fact that you got Gustavo Fring taking over a country anymore because you don't give any love to your best series out there. Good old Splinter Cell. That's all I got to say about that. I'm sorry. Sorry you feel that way. Hey, John. Mm. I feel like I went to hell 
and I rated it on that last one. So let me tell you about Dying Light's Hellraid DLC. That is apparently getting a story mode. Hellraid was originally a standalone game before being incorporated into DLC for Dying Light. The game received Hellraid as a DLC last year. Quote, the prisoner update will send players deep into the demon-infested bowels of Bala's temple to rescue Lucius, a mysterious and powerful mage. This is still Dying Light with medieval themes, skeletons, swords, and armor aplenty. The expansion also gets two new weapons, including a ranged weapon bow called Corrupted Justice and a two-handed hammer called Bone Cruncher. Bone Cruncher's ready! Sorry, had to do it. (laughs) Uh, I believe both of these have been named Sean's Richard at some point. Hey! (laughs) You gonna get this? I mean, Bone Cruncher's just classic. You're getting this, right? I am now. I mean, the DLC for Hell uh, for Hell Raid has been out for, I guess, since la- late last year, and it's <clears throat> in the in the main uh, building in Dying Light's uh, game world. You go into this room, and there's this arcade unit in the corner, and it says Hell Raid on it. So <laughs> it, you access it through that arcade unit. Uh, but the fact that it now has a story mode <clears throat> makes me. Um, a little more interested in it. So um, I've, there's so much more, you know, I've got the, I've got the dying light version with, with the following um, expansion on it. But since the following came out, there's so much more stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, I just, I want to just soak up, soak up everything before the next game comes out. But, True. you know, um, the fact that this, I'm curious to, to see if this is something that, is being tested through this game and, and they're still like working on hell raid as a separate video game. Mm. That would be interesting. Very interesting. Let's say Levy. Um, John, there's something I gotta say before you can read this next piece. Hey, buddy. Finally this week. Well, did you ever play this game? I have played this game. I have not beat it, but I have played it. Well, there's good news. It's getting a next-gen upgrade. Ghost Runner is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X on September 28th. According to the publisher 505 Games, this version will come with improved graphics and performance, along with several new features. The game is receiving post-processing HDR, a ray-tracing fidelity mode, 3D audio, and other improvements. 505 also added that the game will run at 4K, 120 frames, with, quote, instant loading. In addition, all modes will be included in this version and will cost $29.99. And this is a roguelite? Is that the case? I wouldn't say roguelike. It's more of like, um, do you ever used to play uh, Super Meat Boy? Mm -hmm. It's that. Like the idea of you're going to go through this part of the level and you got to be perfect. Right. Okay. That, That kind of thing. But man, it is so fun is like when I was trying to hold on for those vibes uh, for cyberpunk waiting for it to come out, this was the perfect filler and it's awesome. It's I, yeah. It's first person. I would say in all honesty, the one thing that I'm like, as great as, as this is, I would tell people, if you have a PC, I would tell you to play it there because it's so perfect for mouse and keyboard, just the way it's designed. Right. So just something to think about, but yeah, it, it's really, really cool. Like awesome game from a small team there. So I, I totally recommend it, especially for 30 it's bucks. always, yeah, it's always, it's always been around that price. Hasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It's not an incredibly long game. It's just real fun for what it is. Totally worth it. 
I, I always well, recommend it. Well, I've had my eye on it. I think it's even on Switch. Mm, I don't know what it would be like on Switch. <laughs> That's janky. <laughs> just like a stick figure hands. It's still going 120 frames, guys. Um, John, if Sean were here, I would ask him if he wants to wrap this up, but he's not. So I have to ask you, do you want to wrap this up? Always just to be safe. Okay. electronic mail of the future all the way from the year 3000 see they thought because he wasn't here we weren't going to do the full bit no that's not how this works John you get the full bit no matter who's here gosh we got some emails we do have a lot of emails Um, including first off we'll I guess we'll go in reverse order because of that one that came in last. We should just ignore this. That one. I think no, we can't do that. You guys didn't ignore mine. Yeah, but I thought about you it. You wanted to? I really you did. Wanted to? I was like, just skip over that. It's not worth their time. <laughs> um, well, it's, uh, so if you want to write your thoughts and prayers, you can write them to weeklygameschat@gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like Devin did. Who sent this from a from my god dang PC desktop and not some silly iPhone? That's what it says at the bottom here. That's all that. And just thought I'd give it a shout out. Uh, hey there, Sean, John, and Chris. Recently found your podcast and I've been enjoying it. Started with your E3 predictions episode until now, but sorry, I skipped your returnal topic episode because I'm still working through it and didn't want any spoilers. Uh, so happy to finally have the PS5. Had to drive five hours to pick it up in a store. Wow, that is dedication, sir. Dedication. Um, and John wants you to know you don't need it. Uh, have I have thoroughly enjoyed the review of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and couldn't agree with you more, Chris. Great minds, Devin. Uh, I have to say it's a huge relief, huge, uh, to hear someone else agree with me about the ending. Awesome. Uh, anyway, you guys briefly talked about the early days of being in these electronic stores in the 90s, such as Best Buy. My question to you is, do any of you guys remember a store called Media Play back in the day? Uh, the place was my favorite growing up, and I was really bummed when it closed down in the early 2000s. Uh, it had games, movies, books, music, board games, and instruments. It was a really chill store to wander around for a while, and I sorely missed those days being able to browse PC games in those boxes on the shelves. Uh, that's it. Take care, guys, and game on. Devin. Hey, game on, Devin. Uh, I do remember media. We did not have one. We had, like, Funko, and we had uh, Babbage's. Those were, the two, those were the two big ones. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, Devin, regarding the Returnal topic, you could probably go ahead and listen to it now, because I bet you are way farther than and Chris and I ever got. Um, <laughs> I think we, you know, we've got some good things to say about it. I think it does a lot of cool stuff. I and mean, I and I swear by the end of this year that game is going to be finished because I want to give it I want to give it a fair shake. Yes. So, I, but um, I'm being honest. Glad here. you found. Me. I'm being honest here when I say I'm 
when I go back to it, I'm going back with no shame and I'm going to be like strategy for being biome three. And I've, I have no problem. Yep. I've, I'm with you. I don't, I don't feel like torturing myself for 20 hours <laughs> when people have already done that for me. Um, John, why don't you tell us what Tyler has to say this week? All right. First of all, dying light two trailer is out. Uh, this is from Tyler, everybody. What's up, Tyler? Uh, and it looks so good. And also for uh, Dead by Daylight, there's going to be a new killer, and it's Nemesis from Resident Evil 3, uh, which is insane and can't wait to play him. And finally, I'm going to buy Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It sounds so good, and I love games where the choices matter and affect the games. Uh, I have played Detroit Become Human, Until Dawn, and Witcher 3, which are all those kinds of games. Quick question. What is an RPG game that you have played over and over? <laughs> Chris, I know yours is Mass Effect 2. This is true. Anyways, guys, game on and have an amazing stream. Keep it real. Thanks for writing in, Tyler. I, uh, Chris, I can, I think, honestly say RPG-wise, I don't think I do repeat plays of RPGs. No. No. I can... No. I mean, the closest I would say for you would probably be like going back to the Assassin's Creed games, right? Because, I mean... Which I have. They, they, yeah, they have RPG elements. Right. They you do. Know, they they yeah. are lightly RPGs. Um one I, I mean, do I've know played I've played Zelda's multiple times. That, oh, but that's about go. as close as that's about as close as we can. I mean, I've played Wind Waker probably six times. I mean in times my have life. You played uh Links to the Past. Gosh, I play I, I played that game every year until I was twenty five. That's the way so, um as far as I was ninety one. 90 so probably 16 times wow uh that's the way our uh friend of the show josh is with final fantasy 7 um yeah. he is i mean like i remember we would get out of school uh every summer and i would call him because back in the day folks you didn't have cell phones you had to actually pick up a phone hope someone else picked up on the other end but josh it would take about 20 times calling him because you get this john he's josh uh, but when I would get him on that 20th time, I'd be like, what are you doing? He's like, I just started Final Fantasy seven again. <laughs> and then I'd be like, all right, I'll see you in a month. <sighs> Retrograde's coming out soon. If it's not out already. Yeah, I think it's out. Uh, maybe, out maybe it's out now or this week. I think you're right. At some point. That's plan. I, I think I plan to finally get that game. Yeah, you should. But I've never played the original. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Well, so. It'll be interesting. You'll be like, this got really weird. And you're like, it's so much weirder than it was. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Lewis who writes in and he says, hey, John, Sean, and Chris. Firstly, Ooh. I would like to say, although a little late, but congrats on 300 episodes. That's an awesome achievement. And here's the 300 more. Oh, that's so, so, <laughs> we can we be, is it done? It's finished. <laughs> can we have that moment? Me Marvel closed it out, right? Uh, been a month now, uh, but it has been one year since I discovered your awesome podcast. I just want to say thank you for creating such great content. Hey, we appreciate that. Tell your friends. Right. Uh, it's gotten me through some hard times. I used to work at a printing company, started as a part-time minimum wage guy, and worked my way up to manager in graphics design and digital department. Unfortunately, after almost 10 years of the company, I was laid off due to bankruptcy. That sucks, man. Uh, this yeah. happened right before the pandemic hit after what seemed like over a or a thousand, sorry, failed job interviews. A former client of mine offered me a job at their company. I now work 
as a groundskeeper and a camping resort. That's a pretty awesome change. Uh, because I started there during the pandemic, not many people camped, nor many of the workers came back after the winter break. So I pretty much had all of 2020 worked alone at a resort in the middle of nowhere. You sound like you're setting up the plot to The Shining, so please be careful, sir. Uh, I live in Missouri, but farmland and woods. Uh, weekly Game Chat was one of the few things that kept me going during this time. It was so great not only to listen to you guys' reviews, but to listen to three of the best friends talk about something they were so passionate about. Now, there's been a lot of talk about who is the biggest WGC fan. Well, I always believe the imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Listening to you guys have so much fun and passion uh, with playing games and create reviews on them. I decided with my former secretary, Gabby, I don't have any friends to create our own podcast called Geeking Around. We geek out. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, I decided to, with his former secretary, Gabby, they create a podcast called Geeking Around. Way to sneak in some self-promotion there, uh, Lewis. We mess around. You might even say we are geeking around. Hey, then you got the tagline too. See? Yeah. See what he did there, John? Uh, how you like that? <laughs> he asked. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Our podcast is similar to WGC. That makes you us. That makes you our enemy. We will strike you down. Uh, we start with a random section, then main topic, and after that news, we review games, movies, comics, anime, etc. So you're doing a little bit more than what we do. Uh, I do have a question, though. What advice would you give to inspiring podcasters who hope to be as great as Weekly Games Chat? Sorry for such a long email. Next time I won't write as much. P.S. Never Studios on Twitter is me. P.P. or P.S.S. Not only am I a graphic designer, but I'm also an indie comic book artist. That's pretty cool. Love to send you guys a PDF of my Star Wars fan comic. Uh, which he called Kira, a Star Wars story. Didn't want to attach anything. Uh, you can gladly do that. I know John stays up all night reading indie versions of Star Wars comics. It's what is his first love. Um, my <laughs> advice to you as someone doing this for, dear God, has it been five years, John? Wow. Yeah. Wow. If not more. Wow. That's, oof. Um, Always act like you're talking to someone, even if it doesn't feel like it. That's the best advice, which is to say, bring your A game, you know, and be consistent. You know, there are a lot of people that start out podcasts, I find, and then all of a sudden they get to a whatever recording day is and they go, I don't feel like it this week. And they're not doing it in the next week. And then they have to come back and it's, it's repetition, man. You got to be Whatever your release schedule is, always try to hit it and give very limited moments of break. It's not saying you shouldn't take a break, right? But it's better for you as far as what you're trying to do if you are consistently, if your listeners know you will be there for them at X time that you usually say you are unless there's just a random outside occurrence. They can forgive that. They're not going to forgive you putting out three episodes, disappearing for three months, come back and put four more episodes out and then disappear for two more months. You know, that's just not the way you do this. That's my advice. John, you got anything? Um, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that, um, if it was just of the, the three of us who were acquaintances who shared a passion, I don't know that we could have gotten through the pandemic doing this podcast. Fair. One of the, one of the hooks for me, you know, aside from, you know, connecting with everybody is, is seeing my, two of my best friends at least once a week. <laughs> Cause maybe once a week a, is, 
you're talking about penny, right? When I hold up penny for you, you're like, oh, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's always good when you're when you're doing something like this to do this with somebody whose company you enjoy and who you've known for a long time. So there, there's no surprises between us. If somebody does something or says something, it's like, well, that's yeah. that's Chris. That's that right. Sounds like something he would say, but. Um, but Lewis, I've subscribed to your podcast and I can't wait to uh, listen to episode six where you guys are talking about Castlevania. Ooh. So I am very much looking forward to hearing what, hearing this. And uh, thank you for thank you for being a fan. And um, I look forward to being your your fan as well. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us what Dan had to say there, uh, John? Oh, Dan. Here we go. All right. Hey, boys. Loving the content and show as always. Twitch is great development. What? No, no, go. Oh, (laughs) did I peek? Uh, Twitch is a great development of the show. I try to catch you guys when I can. Just wanted to ask if you have played Hitman 3. The answer to that question is no. That's one of the big, um, highly regarded games that um, we we missed this year. Maybe I'll get to get to it. Uh, John, I know you like uh, Dishonored, so I would think this is a good fit for you. This is an amazing series, more so since the 2016 reboot. That's I've I've heard that, um, and I've just heard the latest game is phenomenal. Uh, I also just completed Mortal Shell, which got an enhanced edition recently, a cool short Souls like, which is very satisfying to master and can be completed in about 12 hours for a first playthrough. Seems like uh, seems like Dan is playing my back catalog. The things right. I wish yeah, I Mortal, had time to get Mortal to. Shell is and like yeah. I have Hitman download on the epic game store no, you like i because i'm like well if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do all three you know yeah but i just haven't gotten to it and uh lastly i picked up quest 2 earlier mm. this year and have been loving the vr uh not just the greasy stuff <laughs> oh you, you got <laughs> okay. it now it, it clicked yeah. in yeah. cosmo dread is a recent one that i fell down a hole with uh you got to be careful walking around with those vr machines you can you can fall in holes very easily uh, what are some current VR titles you were looking forward to? Much love, peace out. Uh, we might want to save. Th- we might want to put a pin in this one. Obviously, yeah. you could probably speak to this one, but we might want to put a pin in this one to get Sean's feedback next week. I would like more Half Life, please. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> if you could just, uh, I want the Half Life. I don't care how I get the Half Life. I'd like the Half Life. Thank you. Yes, please. Yeah. But yeah, I but yeah, can't we'll, say offhand, you know, like VR is kind of one of those things where I just, I sit around and all of a sudden if I see, um, you know, some reviews come out and they're like, hey, this is definitely worth checking out. That's why I usually pulled out for. Hey. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, we got Mitch who tiled this as E3 predictions. So guess what? Uh, this is probably about John. What's up, guys? It's your boy, hey, Mitch. Man. Again, going, from Mitch? Australia. Australia. Uh, have an update for you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I can't listen he's to gonna, this. He's going to get his bitchy meat. <laughs> he bre- uh, sorry. Uh, I have now played it's take, uh, it takes two and Holy S is that a game? Uh, I honestly haven't had so much fun in a game probably in years. I actually played it twice. Played it as both Cody and may such an amazing experience. See John, it's not just us. Uh, even playing through it a second time as May, it's a completely different game and still just as fun as the first playthrough. For Hazelight to be able to do that just shows how special of a studio they are. Absolutely cannot wait to see what their next experience is. I agree with you. 
so I write in today to ask you to give me two E3 predictions or something you would love that's crazier or the crazier the better. My two would be a gameplay trailer and deep dive for the new Fable in a December release date. I think the first one's probably likely. Uh, the second would be a remake for Need for Speed Underground 1 and 2, as well as Carbon. You'd be a happy boy if that happened, John. As always, love to you boys and uh, what you do. It's very early here in the morning. I've got to get to work. Stay safe and game on. Your guy from Australia, Mitch. P.S. If you guys are ever here once the world returns to some sort of normality, please reach out. Love to catch a beer or 10. It'd definitely be 10 if it's me. Um, two predictions here. Um, crazy predictions. Just crazy predictions. Uh, let's go with Hideo Kojima is making a new Metal Gear game and it's coming to Microsoft next year. Exclusive. And, uh, hmm. EA actually shows off college football working right now and goes ahead and shows what it's going to be for next year. And that you will be able to, again, bring your player, start at college football, and take them up to Madden. That would be two crazy things that make me very happy. John? Um, <clears throat> E3 has formed a new studio to make Dead Space 4. And Nintendo will be announcing the um, the Nintendo 4DS handheld. It, uh, it, it, like, if you jump into water, it splashes your face. <laughs> That's Other prediction is uh Microsoft buys a Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and Mario so this, will be coming uh, to Games Pass today. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one uh comes from Eli. I have to say that I have found a good podcast if you want to find out whether DC or Marvel is better. It is called Dynamic Duel, hmm. DC versus Marvel. It is created by twin brothers that are on opposite sides of the spectrum. They do duels between similar characters, between both universes, and also do movie and TV reviews. That sounds pretty cool. Yes. Uh, I really like it and think y'all would do. Where did uh, this come do. from? Sorry. By the way, John? Uh, what? Where did this come from, by the way? This comes from an iPhone's iPhone. Yes. But more likely, uh, iPhone's iPhone! Uh, sorry, because <laughs> that's the way. I mean, they the probably is. they probably settled the dispute of you know Hulk versus Superman, which everybody knows it's Hulk. So, oh, I don't know. know. I don't know. Hulking came back from the dead, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I still don't know. Um, I want the one I want them to sell is Kirby versus uh, Hulk. That's the one I want. Because couldn't Kirby just eat the Hulk and become the Hulk? <laughs> Kirby, okay. Kirby is the most powerful creature, right? Creature in the universe. Yes. If Kirby was in Avengers, there would be no Thanos. <laughs> right? He would just suck <laughs> half of existence out. That would be the plot. That's right. And they would be going to find these gems just to snap him out of existence. Uh finally, we have um <sighs> we have an Let's email from over. someone who uh sent it from their iPhone. He says, hey, guys, first time, long time. Been a fan of the show since the early days. Just saying. Yo, I hope you and John had a great show on The Real. 
about the time you started reading or started the recording I was on the Expedition Everest, that's a roller coaster, John, where Yeti decides it's a good idea to tear up the track. Uh, thanks a lot, thanks Yeti. Thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs> Anyways, tomorrow is Hollywood Studios Day, a.k.a. Star Wars Day. The new Galaxy's Edge is where it's at, yo. Anyways, that leads to my question. If you had to rank your top three Star Wars characters, what would they be? No parameters. It's just your top three. For me, it goes... Uh, number three, Ahsoka. Number two, Darth Vader slash Anakin. And number one, Luke Skywalker. Pfft, predictable. Uh, people may say my number one's lame. Whatevs. My childhood. Hero, bruh. <laughs> um, can't wait to hear yours. And I'll be back next week. Shout out to the Twitch chat and everyone listening. Game on, boys. Is this a mini Inception? I'm Ron Birkin. Uh, peace out, everybody. Sean. I don't know who he is. I don't like that he's impersonating our co-host. John, if you had three Star Wars characters you were going to rank, what would be the order? Uh, I'm I'm with him on number three. Ahsoka Tano would be number three for me. And then number two and number one are both villains. Number two was Grand Admiral Thrawn. And number one is uh, Darth Vader. Okay. Predictable. Um, number three, I'm going to go with old Mandalorian. He's won me over. I think he, Pedro Castell. I didn't know that was what I wished for, but it was, uh, number two is obviously Jar Jar Binks. Number one <laughs> is, uh, Belnicio del Toro's character from, uh, you know, the greatest one ever done. Uh, but no, no, um, I'd say, yeah, but Mandalorian's number three, Han's number one. Han's number one to me, always has been. Um, number two is probably R2-D2. Nerd. I mean, he's the main character of the whole entire freaking thing. He pretty much is. Yeah. At least at least he's the only one that ever really knows what's going on. That's true. Well, I'm yeah. not going to do the Twitter stuff because that's Sean's forte. And whenever I touch the Twitters, I get yelled at him because I touch the Twitters. And, you know, I just let touch. him... Twitters. Yeah, I don't touch the Twitters no more. I've been told that's not allowed. So, uh, John, do you have anything else? Are you good? You ready for this I'm weekend, good. buddy? E3, here it comes, right? Here it comes. It. <laughs> uh, well, that being the case, let me just go ahead and say you've been weekly, uh, listening to Weekly Games Chat. This has been episode 311. If you like what you heard today and this is your first time, why don't you go over to your podcast service and hit the sub subscribe button. Wow, I haven't done this in a while and I'm stuttering. Uh, and you'll get a new episode just like this one every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. If you want to watch us record the show live, you can head over to Weekly Games Chat on twitch.tv slash Weekly Games Chat. Once again, if you want to write your thoughts and prayers in, make sure you send them to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. And... Write your tweets to Weekly Game Chat on Twitter. I think that covers it. John. Well, I'm certainly I'm certainly covered. Game on, John. Game on, Chris. Your mom's box. Thug life.
Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh, I love just like Buzzy Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow.